Okay, let's look at our scripture that can be found on the back of the bulletin. As we wrap up uh, our third sermon, uh, looking at, uh, actually our fourth, looking at 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul shows us the more excellent way, the way of love. And we're going to be focusing specifically on verse 7 and uh, that first uh, part of verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. The word of the Lord. Well, I was looking for some uh, key things in my house uh, over the last couple of days, and I couldn't find them, and I, I was struck by a wave of nostalgia, uh, a longing for the things that I used to have and used to rely on that are no longer around. And these weren't just things that I relied on, it was things that all of us relied on. And uh, so we're going to take a quick walk down memory lane. When was the last time you reached for a Yellow Pages? Right? Yellow pages. Where are they? They're, they're gone. By the way, if you are a business and still investing money in yellow pages, let me talk to you after the service, right? Where was my set of cassette tapes that I used to have? My journey and foreigner cassette tapes. I used to have this nice zipper thing where you put it out and you put it in. Long gone, my friends. No more cassette tapes. How about the Encyclopedia Britannica? Or the world book, if you had the world book. You know, when we were younger, you would reach for that. That was the compendium of information, the end-all, be-all. Long gone. <laughs> exactly. How about a phone booth? What was the last time you stepped into a phone booth? They're really not around anymore, which is difficult, because when I want to change into my superhero costume, I now have to go into the broom closet, and there's that little yellow mop thing down, and so I don't really have the foot space uh, so that's frustrating. You know, it wasn't too long ago that we were actually using the overhead projector for songs. Remember the little clear thing and you'd slip it on and it would put up? Uh, no longer. If you walk through a school looking for an overhead projector, you will not find it. Uh, only the smart board. You know, things come and things go. In fact, all things come to the end, come to an end, it would seem, except for love. The word tells us that love endures forever, that love hopes all things, endures all things, and love never ends. We've been going through, and Paul has been addressing the church at Corinth, and there's so many things that the Corinthians want, things that we can relate to, right? Status and knowledge and spiritual gifts and insight. And what Paul is saying to them is, you've got it all wrong. That what is most important in the kingdom of God is love. I wonder if we realize that. I wonder if we realize that what God is calling us to do and to be is people who love and are loved. What would it look like if I made this the central focus of my life? To love others 
and to allow myself to be loved by God and those around me. You see, if love never fails, then we should let the purpose of our life to be love. So that's what we're looking at at this chapter, uh, verse 7 and verse 8, the finality of what love does. We're going to look at three specific things. Number one, that love bears and it endures, always. Two, love believes and love hopes. And then finally, three, love never ends. Because if love never fails, let the purpose of our lives be to love. Let's look at the first part, that love bears and endures. If you look at verse 7, you see it bears, and then it believes and it hopes, and and then it endures. This is what's called a ring composition, that bearing and enduring are actually sort of saying the same thing. So they're very, very similar in what they do, that love bears all things. I want to explain what bearing and enduring mean. The word bears, love bears all things, it's actually the same word used for a roof. When you put a roof on a house to cover it, or when you cover a container to keep anything from spilling out or things from getting in, you are bearing the house or the roof. It means to protect, to preserve, to cover something in order to keep off something which threatens, to bear up against, to hold out against, and so to endure. Paul uses this in 1 Corinthians 9.12. If you remember that he says, as an apostle, I have the right to expect payment, but I don't do that. He says, nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure or bear anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the roof protects and endures that which wants to assail that which is inside. Enduring is a little bit different, but very, very similar. It's the ability to hold out during trouble and affection. The word in the Greek, hupomeno, literally means to stay behind. In other words, when everybody else leaves, whoever is who stays behind, they endure. Indeed, it means to stay in a place longer than one is expected to. Remember when Jesus, when he was 12, he came to Jerusalem And they were there for a couple of days for the feast, and then everybody left. And they thought Jesus was with them, but Jesus stayed behind when everybody left. See, it means to face difficulties without expecting help or putting one's confidence in others. To persevere or to resist by holding one's ground. When I heard these things, that love bears all things and endures all things, I thought of the Ark of the Covenant. If you remember, God said to build this ark, this golden chest, and in this chest, you were to put several things, God said, and one of them was the Ten Commandments, the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. And he called this ark the Ark of the Testimony but not really in a good way because the testimony of the law 
condemn the Israelites. Remember that the covenant had sanctions if it was not followed. There were blessings for following it, and there were curses if you did not. And so this testimony spoke out for condemnation of the Israelites. And so God said to put the tablets in the ark and then to put a cover on it, a roof. It was called the caparet, which translated in English means the mercy seat. See, the purpose of the mercy seat was to cover the sin, to mute or tamp down the testimony that would cause God's wrath to come against the Israelites. In fact, God said, I will dwell among, above the mercy seat. And yet it was the mercy seat that kept God, his wrath from breaking out against the Israelites. Rather, he was willing to dwell with them. But once a year, Yom Kippur, from where you get the word kaparet, Kippur, which means atonement, there was a day of atonement. When the priest would come in and he would take the blood of the goat and he would sprinkle it on the mercy seat so that the wrath of God would not break out against the Israelite people. See, this is a picture of love enduring and bearing up against the wrath of God. It's Jesus Christ who is called the mercy seat for sinners. He is the one who bore our sins and endured the cross. He is the one that stood between us and the wrath of God, taking it upon himself. So much so that he, I'm going to use a theological word, expiated our sins. He extinguished it by paying for it with his own life. The verse, uh, 1 John 4.10 says, and this is love, not that we have loved God, but that he loved God and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. He turned God's wrath into love by enduring the wrath for us. See, Jesus Christ is the picture of a love that bears all things and endures all things. He bore and endured the wrath of God, and he continues to be the mercy seat for us today. For we have not yet obtained all the promises of God, have we? They're ours by faith, as long as we continue to believe. But what is to stop us from falling short? To deny Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, for we continue to sin. And Satan accuses. But you see, Jesus continues to intercede for us. Because what he accomplished on the cross back then, he continues to apply toward us day by day. So even when sin abounds in our life, grace abounds all the more. Hebrews puts it this way. 
that Jesus is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant. The world comes against us. Our flesh comes against us. The devil comes against us. And and yet Jesus Christ stands, protecting, bearing up, enduring, so that we can draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith because our hearts have been sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Love bears all things and endures all things. I have before me this. You're going to be very excited to see this. This is my retirement plan. Oh, yes, we're going to go over it line by line. You know, one of the things in the PCA is there's a, uh, you know, a a, uh, investment guys that help for you to plan uh, so that, uh, you know, when you're old and decrepit, you're able to, you know, sort of linger on. Isn't that a beautiful way of looking at retirement? Uh, And so if we put in a certain amount of money and we continue doing so, uh, this is the way it works, that I can retire, I think, when I'm 70, uh, Lee Ellen when she's 67, and we should have enough money because it will have built up, uh, you know, and it, it, it builds up, but then it starts to fall, right? There are a couple of key things for this thing to work. The first is I have to die no later than age 86, okay? Got to die by 86, in order for this money to last until 93. And frankly, you know, Lee Ellen is as healthy as a horse. Actually, we shouldn't use horse for woman. So she's as healthy as a graceful impala. Um, So we need to get her out to 96 or 97 probably. So I probably need to kick the bucket at around 82, I should say. Which won't be hard for me, by the way, because I like fall off one wheels and capsize sailboats and things like that. So I'm really looking more at 74 probably. But here's the thing. If you plan it all right and inflation stays at 3.4 and a salary increase of 2.4% per year, elders 2.4% per year, it goes on and on and on until it finally ends. Because there is an end to all things, including my retirement account. But you see, love bears all things and endures all things. The roof never fails. The protection of God and his care over us, it's never extinguished. It never, ever stops. And so what... God is calling us to do is to walk in his footsteps, to also bear all things and endure all things, to love God and to love our family in this way, our spouse and our children, to stand for them and with them and in front of them, to be human shields against the difficulties and challenges of this world. For one another as a church, to pray for each other and our relationship with Jesus Christ, to say in my life, 
that your relationship with Jesus is every bit as important as mine is. It's to say to one another that I am for you, that I am the one who is willing to stay behind, that we're going to stick it out together no matter what, financially, emotionally, spiritually. I'm not going anywhere. Because we need that, don't we? We need those who will bear the difficulties and challenges of life. We need those who will endure whatever comes against us with us. Have you given permission to others to help you and to protect you? Have you locked arms with one another and said, I'm willing to stay behind with you no matter what? See, in the world, everybody abandons you when it gets hard. Relationships are characterized by as long as it works for me, as long as it's mutually advantageous, we've got something going. But that's not love. Because love bears all things and it endures all things. And it allows us to give grace to each other when we wrong each other that I will protect and cherish this relationship that we have, that I will forgive you because I'm going to stay behind when everyone else leaves. Because love bears all things and endures all things. But love not only bears all things and endures all things, it believes and hopes all things. Now we're talking about biblical Faith and biblical hope. That's what believing means. Has faith. Pistuo is the Greek word. Now, these words are very, very similar, and yet there is a difference between them. What is biblical hope? Hope, biblical hope, is always a confidence concerning the future. It's a confidence, not a finger crossing wish of, I hope this is going to happen. But rather, I look forward to this happening because I know it's a sure hope. Earthly hope is different, right? I hope this is going to come together. I, I, I think it might. I want to put my hope in it, but I'm not sure. But that's not biblical hope. Romans 5.5 5 says, hope does not put us to shame. In other words, our Christian hope is trustworthy. Romans 6.24 says, in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And the reason we can wait for our inheritance in Jesus Christ with patience is because there is a settled conviction that it is going to happen. That as I say all the time, we're not getting older, we're getting closer. Either to death and reunion with Christ, or to the day when the sky is split and the trumpet sounds and Christ comes. So hope is future-oriented. But biblical faith is a bigger concept than hope. See, faith includes everything we just said about hope. 
but more. Hope is a subset of faith. Biblical hope is biblical faith in the future tense. If you're focusing on faith as a faith that something will happen in the future, it's virtually the same as biblical hope. But the main distinction is that faith in a substantial way is trusting in a relationship with a person. Not what is going to occur simply, but in the person that makes it occur. See, faith says to Jesus Christ and the Father, I trust you, not just your promises for the future. Now, that may often be a trust that's future-oriented, right? I trust you to watch over me next week as I'm having surgery. That's faith, and it's also hope. But faith doesn't have to be future-oriented. In fact, it can be present or past-oriented, such as relying on what Jesus Christ has done for us in the past, like bearing our sins on the cross. To say, I trust you and believe you, to have faith in Jesus Christ. That's faith, not hope. It can be past, present, or future because it's centered on a person, not on a time. I love this verse, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance, or a better translation, I think, is now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. See, the substance of the things that are, is hoped for is the person of Jesus Christ, right? It's because of him that we have hope for the future. Trusting in him for what he has done in the past, what he is doing now and in the future gives us the hope that what he has promised will come to pass. And so love believes all things and hopes all things. Let's sort of translate that into life. Love believes all things. Doesn't mean that love is gullible. It means as we talked about believing in Jesus Christ, when we apply it to one another, it means I believe in you. I believe in you, even though you may very well be untrustworthy. In other words, it means I believe the best about you. Okay, it goes in with eyes wide open, right? I believe in who you are meant to be, even if you're not there yet. Indeed, I see in you what is not there and may never be there. But I believe that you are a person worthy of that kind of love and belief. You know, there's great power when somebody says, I believe in you. This world says, I believe in you when you prove to me that you are worthy of this belief. But that's not love. Agape love is a love of volition, a love of the will, a love of choosing. In the midst of all things, I choose to believe in who you could be.
But love not only believes all things, it hopes all things. That what I believe about you will come to pass. This is different than the certain hope we have in Jesus Christ, right? It may not come to pass. But I have a hope that you will change, that you will grow, that you will become. I have a vision for who you're going to be. You know, this was Jesus Christ with the 12, wasn't it? And the disciples and, you know, the larger group. But Jesus took these 12 May I use the word idiots? It's easy for me to say that because I'm an idiot as well. And he said, I believe in you. I believe in who you are going to become. But unlike our hope for others, which is uncertain, Jesus has a certain hope for us. Remember Peter, who said, even if all fall away, I will never fall away. And Jesus said, oh, Peter, before the rooster crows, three times tonight you will fall away. Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. And when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. In other words, I know you are going to fall away, but because I believe in you, you will come back and you will never fail. Jesus loved them and the cross showed them and it shows you and me that Jesus says to each one of us who are his children, you are worth saving. You are worth dying for because I believe in you. Love believes and hopes always. That means all circumstances. There's no limit. There's nowhere you can go that's so far that God's belief and hope for you does not go further still because love never fails. Have you ever had someone believe in you like that? I'm going to give you a name. His name is John Thomas. We call him JT. You don't know him, and yet he continues to financially support this church, even though he doesn't live anywhere near here. JT and I went to church, uh, excuse me, went to UVA together, and we're friends in UVA. And when I got God's call, when I graduated UVA, I went on Young Life staff. And one of the things you have to do when you go on Young Life staff is raise support. It's a very interesting uh, thing to do because you reach out to people and say, I believe God is calling me to do this. And I need some of you to believe in me enough to write a check to help me do it. And it's amazing in which the way that God works to do it. People that you thought uh, would do it that don't and people that you never would have believed who do. JT believed in me and my calling to ministry, and he wrote the check. And he continued to write the check until I left Young Life staff six years later. But then I got God's call back some 15 years later, I don't know how long, 
10 years later, to become a minister, a pastor. And God called me to Redeemer Presbyterian Church. And I didn't reach out. But somehow the check started again in 2010 and 11 and 12 and so on and so on and so on. In fact, I did not even know it, but somehow it came across my desk that JT continues to write a check for Redeemer Presbyterian Church. Not that we need it. We are a self-sustaining church, but why does he do it? Because JT believes in me. It's amazing what can happen in your life when somebody believes in you. Because love believes all things and hopes all things. And God calls us to love in this way. First, to love God in the way that he loves us. To say to God, I believe in you. I trust you. My hope is built in nothing less but your son and his righteousness. I believe that you are who you say you are. See, when you boil it down, sin is our refusal to believe that God has our absolute best in mind. And so I'm going to go somewhere else to get what I need. We love God by saying, I believe in your character. I believe in the finished work of your son, Jesus Christ. And I put all my eggs in your basket. But God calls us to have the same kind of love with people. Because we need people who believe the best about us, even when it isn't true. We need to be the kind of people who see in other people what may not even be there yet. That we believe it so much about others that we're willing to go to the mat for it. Because that's what love is. Are you that kind of person? Or are you the kind of person? They crossed you, they're off the list. They're gone. Or are you the kind of person that never allows anyone to get so close to you? Because then you may have to love them like that. Or you never let anyone get so close to you that they can show that kind of love to you. And you're missing out. Because that's why we're here. We were made to love in this kind of way. And to receive this kind of love from one another. Let us be a church that believes all things and hopes all things for each other, even when it isn't yet true. Who do you need to be that for today? Who needs to hear from you, I'm not giving up on you. I believe in you. I hope for you. Is it your spouse? Is it your kids? Is it the guy at work whose life is falling apart? The lonely person here at church? And yes, we do have lonely people here at church that isn't getting the phone call or the invite. Because love believes all things. 
and it hopes all things. And because love is the only thing in the end that will last, let our lives be lives of love. This brings me to my final point, that love never ends. The Greek word end is pipto, which literally means to fall. Every day I'm going out to my treehouse in the morning where I spend time with God and the forest around me is starting to change. You see the sound of the leaves as they begin to fall. That's where we got the name for the season, right? It's the falling of these leaves. They were born in the spring and they flourished and now it's time to die. And I'll sit through the winter with my heater and all will be bare and they will be gone. And then it will start again. But love never falls. It is indestructible. Ephesians 6.24 says, Grace be with all of you who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. That word incorruptible means indestructible. It means that love never ceases to exist, even in heaven. In this world, love is ephemeral. It's short-lived. It flourishes, and then it dies. But God's love for us in Jesus Christ never ends. There is never, ever a time when you will reach the end of God's love for you. There's never a, if I screw up one more time, that's it, I'm out. If I don't do what he wants, I'm done. Because you cannot exhaust the love of God. And he wants us to rest in that love. Things will come and go. We will have successes and failures, but his love never fails. My health will fail. My mind may fail. My money will fail. My friends may fail. But his love for me never fails. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Who shall separate us from the love of God? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or difficulties? No, I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither the angels nor demons, neither height nor depth nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So where are you putting the weight of your life on? The opinions of others, the good fortune of my employer, my health, all may fail, but not his love. And God says to us, this love that I have for you, I want you to take it and I want you to pour it out with other people. When somebody loves you with that kind of love, it stays with you. It continues to reverberate around the inner recesses of your heart. We can do the same for others. That my love for you will continue on and on. How can I do that? 
we can give out to others because the love of Christ continues on and on. We are to be rivers and conduits of a heavenly love that transforms the world. So the conclusion is simply this. All in the end will fall, but love never falls. So let me reshape my life and my priorities so that love would be the hallmark of my life. For that is what you were made to do. Let's pray. Oh God, your love bears and endures all things. Your love believes and hopes all things for us. And your love for us can never fall. Let us rest in the blessing of your love. And let us take the love that you have for us and pour it into one another and into a very thirsty world that all may see that you are the source of life. We pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.